ಭದ್ರಂಕರ್ಣೇಭಿಶೃಣಿಯಾಮದೇವಾ ಭದ್ರಂ ಪಶ್ಯೇಮಾಕ್ಷಭೈರ್ಯಜತ್ರಾ ಸ್ಥಿರೈರಂಗೈಸ್ತುಷ್ಟುಗಂ ಸಸ್ತನೂಭಿ ವ್ಯಶೇಮ ದೇವಹಿತೈಯದಾಯು ಸ್ವಸ್ತಿ ಇಂದ್ರೋ ವೃದ್ಧಶ್ರವಾ ಸ್ವಸ್ತಿ ಪೂಷಾ ವಿಶ್ವೇದ ಸ್ವಸ್ತಿ ನಸ್ತಾಕ್ಷ್ಯೋ ಅರಿಷ್ಟನೇಮಿ ಸ್ವಸ್ತಿ ನೋ ಬೃಹಸ್ಪತಿರ್ದಾತು ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಓಂ ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನ್ನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಿಷಾವಹೈ ವಿವಿಕ್ತೇಶ ಶುಚಿ ಸಮಗ್ರೀವ ಶಿರಶರೀರ ಅತ್ಯಾಶ್ರಮಸ್ಥ ಸಕಲೇಂದ್ರಿಯಿ ನಿರುದ್ಧ ಭಕ್ತ ಸ್ವಗುರು ಪ್ರಣಮ್ಯ ಹೃತ್ಪುಂಡರೀಕ ವಿರಜ ವಿಶುದ್ಧ ವಿಚಿತ್ಯ ಮಧ್ಯೆ ವಿಶದ ವಿಶೋಕ ಅಚಿತ್ಯಮವ್ಯಕ್ತಮನಂತೃತ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಯೋನಿ ತಿಮ್ಯಾಂತವಿಹೀನಮೇಕ ವಿಭುಂ ಚಿದಾನಂದಭುತ ಉಮಾ ಸಹಾಯ ಪರಮೇಶ್ವರ ಪ್ರಭು ತ್ರಿಲೋಚನ ನೀಲಕಂಠ ಪ್ರಶಾಂತ ಮುನಿರ್ಗತಿ ಭೂತಿ ಸಮಸ್ತ ಸಾಕ್ಷಿ ತಮಸ ಪರಸ್ತ ಹ್ಯಾವಿಂಗ್ ಟಾಕ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಸಗುಣ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ವಾಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಸಗುಣ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಭಗವಾನ್ ಈಶ್ವರ ಸಗುಣ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಈಸ್ ಈಶ್ವರ ಈಶ್ವರ ಇಸ್ ಅನದರ್ ನೇಮ್ ಈಸ್ ಸಗುಣ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಗುಣೈ ಸಹ ವರ್ತತೆ ಆರ್ ನಾಟ್ ಈವನ್ ವರ್ತತೆ ವರ್ತತೆ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ವಿಚ್ ಈಸ್ ದೇರ್ ಅಲಾಂಗ್ ವಿತ್ ಫಾರ್ಮ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆಟ್ರಿಬ್ಯೂಟ್ಸ್ and what are those attributes those attributes have all to do with causality yeah when the causality is placed upon the shoulders of the shoulderless brahman <laughs> then it it is known as ishvara brahman plus you know the cause causation of the jagat 
is called Ishvara. It's it's very easy, you know. Mm-hmm. And when that causality is removed, then what is that? Nirgunam Brahma. Sagunam and Nirgunam. There is no other guna. It's not that you know Brahman is sweet and then salty Brahman is Saguna and then sweet Brahman is you know Saguna. Tasteless Brahman is Nirguna. You know bland. No taste. Nothing like that. What we are talking about here is that it's all about the causation factor. Jagat Karanam Sagunam and that which is the causation the causality is something you know we have to see if it is intrinsic to brahman or if it is incidental to brahman and when we look into this what do we see is it intrinsic or is it incidental the causality is incidental Why? Because if you take away Jagat from Brahman, are you affecting the limitlessness in any way? Hmm? No? Not at all. Because the causality comes and goes. It's like saying, the clay is the cause of this pot. So we have imposed a causality. on to the clay but do we take away something from the clay because we consider it the cause of the pot or do we give it something extra when we consider it the cause of the pot and when the pot breaks and then becomes one with clay again is is there some kind of a change in clay no but since we are learning meditation here we are learning this kind of a meditation and in this meditation what has been talked about is that it is you you begin with a form first it was told how to sit where to sit where to place you know the seat and then you know you you think of bhagavan along with the maya shakti and knowledge all power all knowledge visualize the bhagavan and then you know you you meditate this is what was said so this is the relationship to forge the relationship between the jiva as a devotee because what the meditation does is bring out the devotee the kicking screaming devotee who doesn't want to be found <laughs> but which is there in the heart nonetheless it is brought out with great difficulty during the waking state but it is brought out the devotee is brought out with great ease in the meditation why because all the other things distractions are not there and the only role that one fulfills in the process of the meditation during the duration of the meditation is that of the bhakta the devotee that is why sagunam brahma you know upasana is something that you cannot you know bypass and the people who want to go to pure consciousness you know without understanding ishvara are purely insane that's all you can say <laughs> you know really it's madness i have to take out the form and the name what are you going to be left with if you take out the form and the name then you may as well not meditate why because you know meditation means that you are relating and how can you relate without form and even those traditions which say that god is formless even our tradition says that but they don't think that our tradition says that so even those traditions which say that god is formless even they have certain ways of relating in catholicism there is cross christianity there is cross every telephone pole is in the shape of a cross but they are not kneeling down in front of every telephone pole 
this is they are not genuflecting on front of everything that is in the shape of the cross correct so the shape of the cross is a deliberate adhyasa for sagunam brahma yes in christianity it's a deliberate superimposition and likewise even when they say allah is holy but doesn't have form they will not represent allah in any way but all of them will face the holy direction west why west it's a form you know praying in a certain way with the palms outstretched that's a form it's all designed to bring out the devotee within so even though people say that i don't want sagunam brahma really speaking that is something which is you know important to 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 use for meditation and sagunam chet dhyayet nirgunam chet gnyayet adi shankara said in one of the places if it is sagunam it has to be an object of meditation if we are talking of the nirguna that which is free of attributes how can it be an object for meditation it has to be something to be understood yeah it's an object for knowledge not for meditation and so saying you know so therefore this whole this whole these three sets of verses very beautiful so we have seen how to do saguna brahma upasana you know we have seen that how to meditate with the help of the form and here the forms chosen are what vishnu and lakshmi correct yes shiva yeah <laughs> shiva and parvati and and then so we have you know we have the form we are looking at the form and then what is the next step to understand what this form represents so first we have the relationship of the devotee to the form and then we have the cognitive understanding of what this form represents and let us look at that hrit pundarikam virudham virajam vishuddham we saw some of this i think yeah hrit uh, pundarikam the heart is visualized as a lotus why lotus it is a pure it symbolizes purity and who is visualizing the heart as a lotus the one who feels i'm full of papa i'm not even worthy of meditating forget praying i can't even sit i'm not worthy of appearing in front of this bhagavan which is all knowledgeable this devotee who feels insufficient who feels limited this jiva who feels completely hopeless is the one who is told that your heart is like a lotus by none other than the kaivalya upanishad so this heart is like a lotus and another reason for lotus you know the lotus is the one of the flowers few flowers that blooms when it is touched by the rays of the sun mm-hmm. it blooms and then as soon as the sun sets you know what it does it it closes and then again it blooms when it sees the sun so it responds to the sun correct mm-hmm. and so to this atma tatva this atma the light of this bhagavan this light of this brahman this satchidananda the light of the satchidananda the jiva smiles makes the jiva smile and makes the jiva do anything makes the jiva be alive you know fills this body mind sense complex with the awareness what is that which makes one the witness of everything what is the eye of the eye what is the ear of the ear what is the mind of the mind what is it that makes everything functions it is that light of consciousness which makes the heart bloom that is what it is because it is so perfect and then the heart itself is perfect and when perfection meets perfection blossoming happens that is what it is so therefore the heart is always visualized as a as a as a lotus the lotus you know flower has a and the leaf also has a certain kind of a small small hairs on it then nothing stays anything that you put there just slips and goes away so to the heart is free of papa is free of punya is free of guilt is free of hurt 
is is free of grudges is free of resentment is free of all kalushas anything all kleshas all kalushas it is totally free and that is why the next word is virajam vigatam rajas vigatah rajah yasmat from which all rajas has departed here rajas means longing because it is the longing that makes one restless virajam so this heart in the heart which is you know in the heart which is uh, free which is in the heart hrit pundarika madhye in in the in the middle of the heart please contemplate on that which is free of all restlessness and all longing and there is a place in that heart which is free of all longing definitely there is a place and that is the place one goes to when one is asleep when you are asleep what longing is there no longing only a sense of belonging with everything correct there is no separation so hrit pundarikam the heart lotus you know you, you can take it in several ways the heart lotus is free of longing you can say that or you can take it like one of the tikakaras here has taken it hrit pundarikam madhye in the middle of the heart lotus that is free of papa punya contemplate on that understand the nature of that which is free of longing both ways it is the same because we are talking of the same thing and vishuddham vishuddham means untouched by untouched by any wrong doing faults untouched by faults untouched also by dukha sorrow which is the next one is going to say again and untouched by ragadvesha also virajam rajas is ragadvesha rajas is restlessness due to longing all these things and vishuddham free of sorrow free of sorrow is this bhagavan and where is this bhagavan visualized in the lotus of the heart in the lotus asana padmasana of the heart and and then vichintya visheshena dhyatva where hridaya pundarikasya antaha विशदम निर्मलम शुद्ध स्फटिक visualize in the heart lotus and or in that heart lotus whose essential nature is free of rajas tamas sorrow longing fear restlessness vichintya get to that place vichintya means visheshana dhyatva so it, it doesn't say dhyatva here dhyanam is for sagunam only dhyanam means meditation nirguna cannot be an object of meditation why because it doesn't have a form so here nirguna that which is free of attributes is seen as the nature of one's self alone and becomes a subject for contemplation not for meditation so when it is unknown it has to be known and when it is known it becomes abhyasa 
a, a repetition of contemplation. That's all it is. And then vishokam vigatam vigata shoka shokaja dukham vishokam ananda purna hridayam smitananam chaityarthaha vastu vastutaha astu achintyam vangmanasa atitatvena pratyaya santi pratyaya santi ityarthaha hetuhu avyaktam okay so then achintyam here means vishogam vishundam vichintya here vichintya madhye madhye means in the middle of the heart vichintya means contemplating upon understanding that the object of meditation or contemplation here and the subject which is the contemplator are essentially one and the same and how that is we will see later a little later after seeing this whole thing then furthermore what is the nature of the subject which is the same as the as that which is contemplated upon is given achintyam very interesting because first vichintya means having contemplated upon what that which is not able to be grasped as an object very beautiful and here is the paradoxy correct and what is the paradoxy here that if i try to grasp it as a grasp it as an object it is ever elusive but if i understand it cognitively as the nature of the subject and the, since the nature of the subject is self evident it doesn't have to be made into an object to understand i already understand it as the subject so vichintya having contemplated on that which is not a subject for contemplation which is not you know and it is described achintyam here e vastutahatu in essence the tikakara says achintyam vang manasa atitatvena pratyaya santi so vang manasa atitatvena that which is beyond the scope of the vak speech and the mind the speech and the mind and this we have seen in the other upanishad also yato vacho nivartante apraapya manasa sah where the words and the mind beat a sad retreat having done what having not attained their objective of making making giving some form to the formless giving some words to the wordless of objectifying that which is the subject correct so vang manasa atitam that which is beyond the scope of the the mind which the what is the job of the mind to objectify various objects and here the mind says this is not in my i cannot do this and the words also beat a retreat avishayam avishayam means not an object avyaktam therefore unmanifest <laughs> as the cause of the universe it manifests everything itself doesn't have a form because if brahman becomes one more manifestation what happens to it hmm it becomes limited it becomes limited it becomes one more thing one more cheese what is cheese cheese means thing in hindi very good it becomes an object cheese means thing in hindi it becomes one more cheese to be to be you know dissected to be objectified so you have cheddar cheese blue cheese and all these cheese and brahman cheese 
No. Therefore, this whole penchant for experiencing Brahman that people have this madness has to be given up. Why? Because it is the nature of the experiencer. You only want to experience something that is away from you, correct? Correct? Please show some signs of life. Yes or no? Yes. yes. So, if supposing, you know, if it is always with you, in fact it is you, are you ever away from you? Are you ever not experiencing yourself? No. Even in sleep you are experiencing yourself. That's how you are able to tell me the next morning that you are, you know, you slept very well. That you are, you, so therefore that subject which is never away from you, which is yourself alone, which never disappears. So another name for Atma is Aluptadrik. The seer, that is, that without eyelids, that never sees, that never ceases, you know, to see. Yeah, it's always seeing. The all-seeing eye, it doesn't have eyelids because it doesn't even blink. Because in, in blinking you may miss so many things, correct? Here, there is nothing to miss. Itself is you, that is you alone. And so here, Therefore, it says that avyaktam, achintyam, achintyam, that which is not an object, and therefore you can never meditate upon nirgunam brahma. You can never buy it in the store. I'd like a little bit of nirgunam and little bit of sagunam, please. <laughs> it, it is not describable by the mind. It is not describable by words. So therefore we cannot conclude that it is not there. Correct? How do we know it is there? Because it is you. If you are there, it is there. Trust me. Okay? Yeah. The moment you say, I am not there, then we will have a conversation. Come back. You know, first I will show you how you can never say, I am not there. Because in saying, you are not there, what are you saying? I am very much there. That is what you are saying. So therefore, this is what happens. So therefore what? Avyak achintam, achintyam, avyaktam, not manifest as an object. And therefore what is its form? You are keeping on telling me it's not this, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this. That whose form is unending, anantarupam, meaning every form is its own form. All the objects that have form are not away from Brahman. But Brahman itself has no particular name, no particular form. Because it has no particular name or form, it can uphold everything and be non-separate from everything that has name and form also has the presence of Brahman. But Brahman does not have a separate form and a separate name that it calls its own. That's what it is. We use the word Brahman to refer to it because otherwise how to teach, how to talk about it. But the word Brahman and also the word Sat Chit Ananda or Satyam Jnanam Anantam are indicatory words whose meaning resolve in the all-knowing I. Yeah. They just indicate Brahman and then they dissolve. They create the vritti of what it is in the mind, not by the mind. The words, when you understand the meaning of Satyam Jnanam Anantam, which we saw last weekend, yes? No? Yes? And that is what is created, the, it creates everything, it creates in the mind a certain understanding, what the word Satyam Jnanam Ananta. And those words drop off or rather they resolve into the Vastu which is yourself. How beautiful is this? They resolve into the Vastu which is you alone, not other than you. So therefore there are two ways of describing Brahman. One is called Swarupa Lakshana and the other one is called Tatastha Lakshana. 
when you talk about brahman with regard to the tatastha lakshana tatastha lakshana remember the example what is the example crow sitting on the house of their friend when your friend has moved into a new neighborhood where you don't know where the friend is living and all the houses are alike so you knock on a random door did you see this family just move in yes 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 there there this is the house which one that one which that one the one on which the crow is sitting so by the time you identify the house the crow flies away it's not going to wait for you to come there correct then after the crow crow flies away do you need the crow to come and sit down and to show the house again no you reach the house unerringly you go there not a problem at all correct yes so this is what is described in that verse parameshwara uma sahayam parameshwaram prabhum this is what is called jagat karanam brahma when brahman is invested with the causality of this manifest universe we say this is tatastha lakshana tatastha lakshana means a definition that is not a permanent definition a working definition which is there as long as the jagat is so brahman is not tied down to the jagat you know like parents are tied down to the children when the children are born they say okay forget the rest of our lives people people say that especially indian parents they parent you know well beyond 50 when they are 50 no well beyond when the children are the so called children are 50 they keep parenting so therefore you know just like that brahman which is the jagat jagan mata jagat pita uma and parmeshwara must be very stressed out because they are tied to this jagat because this jagat is doing stupid things every day people are killing each other people are you know stealing from each other and there is all kinds of lawlessness and uh, you know uma has to look at uh, shiva and say please send one avatara yet again i don't know what these children are doing no bhagavan is not tied to the jagat the causality is as though correct because that which is manifest as the jagat is also as though right and so when the jagat resolves dissolves just like in your own sleep the the causal status of brahman also resolves correct so when the causal status resolves that means the crow has flown away from the perch which was it was in that definition doesn't work anymore and so from its essential nature from the standpoint of its essential nature we have another definition and again don't think that the words satyam gnanam anantam are actually defining brahman they are not they are indicating brahman and when you know the meaning of the word sat satyam which means what existence is that which is and what is the nature of this is the is that never becomes is not anantam satyam the is that is not bound by time anantam satyam and so what is this is that is not bound by time it is in the form of knowledge gnanam what kind of knowledge a knowledge that surpasses the distinction between knower and the known because if you are the knower you cannot be the known correct already there is a division if you are the known then you cannot be the knower we know everything in the world through these discrete uh, understandings these discrete pockets and packets of understandings we don't know we don't know what this is but that which morphs into the knower and that which morphs into the known without being either known or known knower this is what is gnanam chit this is what is gnana and what kind of gnanam it is that which is untouched by division anantam gnanam anantam sat and what how beautifully this is communicated by using bhava sadhana bhava sadhana means the abstract sense of existence the abstract sense of knowledge knowledge in its most abstract sense 
after extracting from it, shaking out the time-space, you know, constrictions. Like you shake out the rug, you know, to, to let the dust go. Once in a while you have to do that, take it outside and shake out the rug. So here are the concepts, the everyday concepts of Satyam and Jnanam, knowledge, existence, have gathered the dust of finitude in our minds. And so what does the Upanishad do? It, it, to, to, to communicate this, it shakes out the, the time-space matrix out of these words in our head and indicates what, these, what this Brahman is. That knowledge, that, that even though it may morph in the form of the knower and it may morph to become the known, there is a big as though. It as though becomes the knower, it as though becomes the known, but in itself it is neither knower nor known. It is knowledge without divisions. And again when you say knowledge of, there is no of, there is no on, there is no from, there is no author of knowledge, there is no subject of knowledge, there is no process of knowledge, there is no means of knowledge. It is everything, but it is not any one thing. Everything is derives, everything that is knowledge derives from it, borrows from it, it itself is not, you know, is not subjected to any divisions. And similarly, what kind of existence? The existence that never becomes non-existence. Trikale pitishtati ti satyam abadhitam sat that which is not negated, that which is unchanging. This is what it is. This is the nature of Brahman. But yet again, those words don't really define Brahman. They indicate Brahman. But then what defines Brahman? What happens in the heart when you hear the words? That self-evident I understands it and that's enough. That is why we say it is avang manasa pratyaya, you know, agocharam, avang manasa gocharam, agocharam. Vang manasa agocharam, that which is not an object of the words or the object of the mind. And of course the mind is trying to have a tantrum and grasp at straws to understand this Brahman. And what does the understanding of Brahman do? You know, resolves the mind also. Yeah, it's a knowledge that appears in the mind, but the mind uh, is not the agent of which knowledge. That is what it is. So therefore achintyam, therefore avyaktam. And what else? What's the next word? Achintam, avyaktam, anantarupam. That which is the truth of everything. All forms are whose form itself is, of course, without any form, beyond all forms. Shivam, this is a beautiful word. Shivam. Shivam means what? Yeah, that which is the most auspicious. This, you know, is very interesting, the word auspicious. Because who is the one who is contemplating? The one who feels inauspicious all the time. <laughs> to negate that, it is given Shivam. Yeah. Because otherwise what will happen? You know, the one who feels I'm not enough, I'm not okay, I'm subject to guilt, I'm subject to hurt, I'll never learn to meditate. And this Vedanta, how many one-month courses have to take? And 20 days have gone in this one-month course, I don't know if I still understand this. And all these thoughts are coming, correct? So one feels constantly inauspicious. And so therefore, Mangalasvarupam, the most auspicious form, the formless form, that... If there is a form, it is all auspiciousness. Avyaktam asatvam parichedam navarayati anantarupam navidyate antaha iyatta rupanam navidyate antaha and then tam deshakala vastu paricheda shunyam anantam so that which is beyond 
you know that which is not something subject to limitations of space time or object mangala swarupam yeah mangala swarupam and then what prashantam which is absolutely at peace with itself absolutely resolved free of longings free of restlessness and free of the fallacy of avidya and then amritam that which is not subject to change or end in any of the three periods of time where the past present and the future cannot touch it cannot alter it amritam or amritam also means ananda swarupam what is ananda swarupam of the nature of joy why is immortality and joy why are they connected this is something very interesting to think about every being starting with the smallest of mosquitoes to the you know human being and even bigger things than human being elephants uh, hippopotamuses etc they do not want to die if you have observed something nobody wants to die correct that's why the mosquito will bite in a shaded area of the leg or under somewhere where the light is not there because if the mosquito bites where there is light what will happen yeah you will give it moksha instantly yeah <laughs> without brahmopadesha you will <laughs> you will make it into a chutney you will go pachak and then what will happen ram naam satya hai that's what will happen you know and so therefore here it is very clever it's bhagavan's intelligence it is brahman mosquito is brahman brahman is not mosquito that's all yeah so that is what we have to see here so this brahman in the form of the mosquito you know wants to wants to have lots of babies yes that's how it keeps itself going or wants to lay lots of eggs and when it is about to lay the egg it wants to drink some blood to have nourishment otherwise it lives on you know so this algae and fungus that's all it is it's a plant eater it's vegetarian most of the time yeah when it's pregnant it is non vegetarian so then it will bite and it will bite when you are not looking correct why because it doesn't want to die nothing wants to die one more day few more years few more months wants to continue and the human being is so far gone in this respect that even after death the mortician especially in the western country is told please make the dead body look alive yeah this is the whole kind of thing the dead body undergoes all these things because you know there is that dehat the, the western countries people are dehatma vadis means people believe that deham eva atma the body itself is the self the self is as good as the body this is the belief so the body preservation becomes of paramount importance in western countries through you know exercise food to say the least then uh, what what else you know the uh, plastic surgery and then all kinds of you know replacing this that and the other hips and knees and everything all the all those technologies to keep the body going because as long as the body is going there is a sense of immortality if the body becomes weak the the the, the weakness transfers to the eye sense very quickly because of that total agnyanam that ignorance and identification with the body and so the body has to be kept intact the mind has to be kept intact and then only i am happy so you see this there is a very strong connection between the desire to be and happiness because the desire to be 
And how long do I have the desire to be? Forever. And even though consciously, in the head one may know that, yes, I am going to die one day. But then what becomes the next project? I want to leave something behind that will remind everybody of me. I want to achieve something big. I want to leave something behind. Why? Because that is me. Correct? My legacy is me. What do you want to leave behind? I want to make a lot of money. I want to leave that behind. I want to have children that are very, you know, that, that are brilliant, that make a name for themselves, so they are a part of me, an extension of me. I want to leave that behind for the universe. Or I want to do some good works, some dharma, some social service, build temples, build, uh, you know, some places where people can come and study and build all these things and, you know, ashrams or whatever it is. And I want to leave that legacy behind. You see? Even though one knows consciously that one is not subject to, you know, one is, the body is subject to death, one still wants to continue. I want to leave something behind. This itself shows that what one wants is that foreverness. Yeah. That foreverness is what one wants. Except the problem is that one looks for the forever in the not forever places. In places, that can never ever be forever. <laughs> in places and things that are finite, one looks for the infinite. This is what Lord Yama tells in the Kathopanishad. Dhiraha, the people who have viveka, adhruveshu dhruvam naprarthayate, never seek the infinite in the finite places. That is the viveki. But until that viveka comes, until that discriminatory understanding comes, until that wisdom comes of what am I seeking? If I am seeking the forever, which is nitya, then I have to give up anitya, because the not forever is not going to, you know, substitute the forever at any time. So this is what that, until that viveka comes, the search for this will be always skewed. The search for this will always be finite, because the search will be infinite, because I am looking infinitely in the wrong places. Instead of seeking the infinite, I am seeking infinitely. I become an infinite seeker, instead of the seeker of the infinite. And this is what the Kenopanishad says, the loss of the infinite is an infinite loss. And so therefore, what I want is the forever, I'd, you know, and that is called Amritatvam. Um, or Amritam here. Amrita, Amritam means that which doesn't change in all three periods of time, that which is never subject to negation, and that which always is the same, and that which always is. And if you look for such a thing in the Jagat, what will happen? You know? Will you find it? No. We know the story of the mustard seeds. Lord Buddha's story of the mustard seeds, you heard that? No? This lady came, Buddha was, the Buddha was meditating in the, in the forest and this distraught lady came carrying the dead body of her child who had just passed away. Uh, you know, she was carrying this child on the shoulders, the dead body, and she, she was so distraught. She says, you who can do anything, I have come with you with full faith bring this child back to life. I want you to bring this child back to life. And what did the Buddha say? She was so distraught, she would not have heard anything. So she places the child in at the feet of Lord Buddha. And the Buddha says, yes, I will bring it back to life on one condition. Please bring me a few grains of mustard seed, seeds. She says, mustard seeds? That's such a common thing, I can get it in two minutes. Yes, but from a house that has never seen death. Mm. Yeah. And she's so distraught, she's not thinking clearly. She knocks from house to house, I want some mustard seed. Yes, sister, come in here, take. No, but uh, from a house that has never seen death. Oh, that's not us. We lost the elder, grandfather, another one, grandmother. Brother, sister, father, mother, child. And after going to, through 10 or 12 houses, then she understands 
that she is looking for the forever she is not looking for the child to be brought back to life necessarily what she is wanting is something else and then she comes back a much wiser woman and what does she say to the buddha she says give me some time to go and bury this child and then you know take me into your order and as a nun she says please initiate me because that is what i really want you have opened my eyes as to what i want so like this there are many ways of teaching and here amritatvam amritam is not an object to be found like the mustard seeds you can't go and ask for it you can't go and this thing it get it it's not the question of you know hanging on to something that you like for a few more years or for a you know even a lifetime it is to understand that the one who is seeking the infinite happens to be infinite so if you seek the infinite that means you don't know you are infinite and that is what is amritam here and amritam is always atishaya ananda roopam that niratishaya ananda roopam that without any limits that happiness because what i want is to be and that being without the constrictions of place and time is called ananda that being is equal to a limitless being not constricted by time or or place so that when i am not constricted by time or place or all these limitations object wise time wise space wise limitations then that is ananda really so amritam is ananda that joy is the joy of being and the joy of being is the joy of being free of space and time very beautiful you know so that is why it is called niratishaya ananda swarupatvam and then you know brahma yonim brahma yonim here means not the the source of brahman <laughs> because the brahman who is the source of everything correct yeah brahma yonim is the is the one who is brahma ji the source of the creator the so called creator who created this whole jagat so we have the whole understanding of brahma vishnu and shiva in terms of the functionality we have this uh, you know this trimurti trimurtaya these three three kinds of you know um, avataras based on form and function and what does brahma do creates brahmayonim here means the source of the one who creates everything that is brahman brahmayonim yeah jagat janmaadi karanam etad visheshena jatam tad swarupam iti and even if you take brahmayonim as brahman not brahma ji then it has to be split the the compound has to be split differently brahma eva yonim brahma yonim yeah eva means only brahman alone is the yoni yoni means the source of everything brahma eva yonim you have to take it like that so brahman is itself the yoni you take it as karma agdharya no, samasa not as the tatpurusha samasa that that brahmanah yoni you don't take it like that you take it brahma eva yoni that out of which everything has as though emerged and that which is sustaining all that has emerged and unto which everything resolves brahma eva yoni that which is the yoni of the entire the source of the entire universe brahma yonim and then what um what is the next word brahmayonim tatha adi madhyanta vihinam adi madhya and anta anta means what end adi means beginning and in between the beginning and the end what is there middle. madhya middle adi madhyantarahitam means that which is without a beginning you know utpatti parichheda vinashavarjitam 
तत्र हेतु एकम द्वितीय वस्तु मात्र मात्र रहितम सो सो आदि मध्यांत रहितम दैट विच इज विदाउट अ बिगिनिंग वेन डिड ब्रह्म स्टार्ट बीसी और एडी यू नो ऑल बीसी एंड एडी इज बिकॉज ऑफ विच करेक्ट and if anybody answers the question when did brahman start you know if they say ad you add one more d and say add that's all you know yeah <laughs> because that which doesn't have a starting point that is what is limitless amritam amritam is not just free of death but also free of beginning here you know amritam expresses only one portion of it that word but really it means free of beginnings because beginnings means what beginnings are means there was a time when it was not already mortality is there in the beginning itself so then that which is free of beginning and if it is free of beginning what about the middle if it didn't even have the beginning then what point are you going to say this is the middle point if you are watching a movie correct mm-hmm. then the movie you know is 2 uh, hours you know this is if it is in this country indian bollywood movies are 4 hours long yeah and if anybody makes a bollywood movie of 2 hours nobody will go to see it because they will see it's too short we have to save our money we have to eat everything for our money so if it's 3 and 1/2 hours long everybody will go see it and so in 3 and 1/2 hours after 1 hour and uh, 20 minutes then they will say intermission a, a little interval 15 minutes break like we do for class in the weekends <laughs> so we have a little break after the entertainment and then people you know the popcorn wala will come and everything will come and then juices and the sodas and everything you buy and then again you come back and sit down and then you know and then the curtain lifts again and the rest of the movie will start now this intermission you know when that intermission comes and the curtain goes down even in the play they do this what do you know you know that it's the middle now correct yeah how do you know it is the middle where is the middle you know how do you know it is the middle where is the middle cognized from where is the middle measured from from the beginning correct yeah either from the beginning or in relation to the end you measure the middle when the beginning is itself not there where are you going to put the intermission for this movie which is the jagat <laughs> you know god for this brahman where are you going to put the intermission there is no middle point and then likewise there is no curtain closing correct jagat curtain may close but brahman doesn't have you know an end point the one that is free of time totally that is why it is expressed here free adi madhyanta vihinam and how many brahmans are there just to just to make sure we are all on the same page how many brahmans one. just two right ekam ekam means the advitiyam without a second there is no second there is only one that which is indivisible and even though it is ekam it is vibhum vibhum means all over the place it is sarvavyapakam vibhum vividham bhavati iti vibhuhu that which becomes into quote and quote as though becomes into many things without undergoing any change so in a, in a word it is everywhere you know it is a, that which is present everywhere all pervasive you know swayam prakasham niratishaya you know anandam arupam चिदानंद व्यतिरिक्त स्वरूपरहितम यू नो अरूपम मीन्स आई टेक वन मोर मिनिट टुडे अरूपम मीन्स वॉट फ्री ऑफ अ पर्टिक्युलर फॉर्म एंड द टीकाकारा पॉइंट्स आउट अदर देन सच्चिदानंदा सच्चिदानंदा इज नॉट अ फॉर्म लाइक आई सेड इट्स एन इंडिकेटरी इंडिकेटरी वर्ड्स हूज मीनिंग यू ऑलरेडी इज यू सो यू ऑलरेडी नो यू so arupam means that which is free of all forms but all forms are not free from what we have to see that 
that which is beyond all forms it's easy to say that then what about all the things that have form all the things that have form are also brahman brahman is not separate from the things that have form but then brahman itself when you are talking about has no particular form this is the nature of shiva parvati vishnu lakshmi whoever one is praying to this is the essential nature swarupa lakshana and finally what is the last word there adbhutam aschcharyakaram it's a source of wonder why is it a source of wonder yeah it's a source of paradoxical wonder it sustains all forms without having a single form the knowledge of which happens in the mind but the mind is not the agent of the knowledge that which is free of time free of beginning free of end that which you know gives rise to everything that is finite <laughs> that which is itself sentient gives rise to and sustains everything that is insentient look at the endless paradoxy and that which is not even understood after it is taught another paradoxy <laughs> that is the greatest wonder <laughs> some things you uh, understand without teaching some things you don't understand even after teaching kya bole you know more we will see in the weekend marathon om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnamevavashishyate हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि